Welcome to Real Paranormal Activity, the network. Entertainment you'll enjoy. You are listening to an RPA production where people gather. Ladies and gentlemen, RPA is proud to present Aaron's Horror Show with Aaron Frail. Baby, it's time to ride the funk train. This is Funkmaster V with Wrestling with Ghosts and a SciParanormal.com. Babies, you're listening to Aaron's Horror Show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show Season 3, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. We're going to go ahead and talk about movies, TV, and read some fiction. If you want to get hold of the show, you can go ahead and go to Facebook.com, Aaron's Horror Show, or you can go to Twitter.com, Aaron Horror Show, or you can go ahead and send us an email at Aaron's Horror Show at gmail.com. Uh, you could also go ahead and support the show by going to Patreon.com forward slash Aaron Frail. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy the show. Welcome to Aaron's Horror Show, and I'm your host, Aaron Frail. All right, we got some more Orion for you. Uh, so he's trapped in his father's attic, and it looks like he's lived Life 2.0 for a while. Uh, he's on 2.22 now, and we'll just see how it pans out. Considering my lack of options, I again rubbed the rope back and forth on the sharp part of the beam until it frayed and eventually snapped. Once my hand was free, I untied my other hand, and I poked my head from the attic to see that the ladder was matched, just like always, and my father was asleep in the corner. If I could only cut the rope faster, maybe I could leave before he returned for his mid-morning nap. Either way, I knew how to handle this. I lowered myself, dropped the rest of the way, my father's nose twitched. I turned towards the door and walked around the family cauldron. There was a moment where I thought it was home free, but then I stepped on a floorboard. It shifted under my weight and sent the cauldron rolling. It hit the table and a long gong reverberated through the room. My father sat up in bed, his face boiled, and I was pretty used to it by now. Each life something would wake him. If it wasn't me, it was an object in the house, falling off the shelf. I had come to accept it as part of being so close to my do-over point. There are some things I couldn't change. He forced himself out of bed, shouting obscenities. I pushed the cauldron towards the door and built up enough speed for the thing to go on its own. My father bounded towards me, and I ran ahead of the pot and out the front door. The cauldron hit the threshold with a clang, and my father ran into it every single time. I turned towards the forest and set up for the capital. The run through the woods was still... A very exhilarating moment of life too. Visions of princesses and nurses danced in my head. I bounded through the woods and eventually made it to a clearing. Up ahead, high on the hill, sat the castle that was massive for the time period. But I was from Queens, or at least one of myself was from Queens, and New York was a big city. This was like a Disneyland ride by comparison. Either way, a venture awaited. I decided to cut towards the road, so I could come down with the traffic entering the city. The thoroughfare was packed 
with the expected tournament crowd, merchant wagons, families on pilgrimages, knights, and so forth, that's when the realization hit me that I was about to enter the city the same way I had before each time. You know, it basically would get me dragged over to Grimwald, and there I'd be outfitted with substandard weapons for the task at hand. Maybe if I could sneak into the keep and get to the princess, I could get a proper sword and armor. Hell, I would still take the wild horse, just so long as I could have decent gear. I hopped off the road before the guard who spotted me each time was in spitting distance. I wandered around the outside of the town walls. All the guards were looking into the forest and not at their feet, so I had one advantage. I circled to the town until I came across a nook that was out of view of the wall guard and the tower guard. Since medieval walls were nothing more than glorified rock climbing gyms, I was able to scale it pretty easily. Things like fear of heights evaporated when I was immortal. If I fell and got seriously injured, I'd probably be put off my misery a few hours later by Stabby. It'd be no worse than bleeding out on a Roman battlefield. When I got near the top, a guard walked out of the tower and stopped right over the shaft. I decided to wait, hoping he would move on. He pulled out a flask from his pocket and took a sip. He leaned on the edge of the parapet and gazed into the wilderness. Even though I was in the best physical shape of my life, my arms were straining. The guard took another leisurely sip and inhaled the fresh air. Just as my arms were about to give out, the guard looked down and saw me. He said, What the hell are you doing down there? The act of being discovered had given me a shot of adrenaline I needed to finish climbing the wall. I scrambled over the top, and the guard helped me over. I'm going to join the tournament, I said between breaths. You, you could have gone through the gate. The city is open to everyone today, the guard said. I keep myself fit for the tournament, I said, panting. Sounds like you're tying yourself out, so you're going to report me for drinking on the job, I said. What? Are you kidding? Everyone drinks. Have you seen the river water? You don't drink beer. You're asking for trouble. I was worried that you were going to tell someone about me abandoning my post. Wait, what? I said. You're not a wall guard? What? The guard said. No, I, I'm a latrine guard. There's a latrine guard? Well, yeah. You don't want peasants shitting in the royal crapper. Though if you ask me, everyone poops the same way. I had an idea of how to get close to the princess. Oh no, I'm not going to report you, but I do need a favor from you. Before you judge me too harshly, no, I wasn't going to surprise the princess in the bathroom, but I was going to wear the guard's outfit. In exchange for keeping my mouth shut about his dereliction of duties, I wanted to borrow his uniform and told him I'd guard the royal latrine myself. He naturally thought it was an odd exchange, but since I had many lives to practice my social skills, I had gained confidence that I had never had before, and people trusted me when I turned up the charm. It wasn't the fact that I knew I could never die that made me confident, though admittedly it helped. The most significant contributor to my newfound confidence was that I could try again if I made the tiniest mistake. When I was inexperienced, it was easy to feel like I was screwing up. Now, errors were something I could learn from, and that was liberating. The most exciting opportunities came from mistakes. If I had stayed on the path of a boy, I would have never met the princess. If I had stayed a stable boy, I would never have died horribly on the battlefield. Never mind, I don't know where I was going with this.
So I dressed up in the guard's clothing and had much better sword and armor than the one Grimwalt gave me. I set out to find the princess. Yes, the poor guard was going to be derelict in his duties, but I didn't want to really watch the royal shitter. I was able to move as a guard through the city without garnering too much attention. Inside the walls, the city was as bustling as ever. Merchants were trying to sell their goods. Jugglers and fire breathers made merry. Drunkards filled the taverns. I wove through the flood of people to the center of town. I figured if Princess would be anywhere, she'd be around there. Other noble people were feasting and gabbing with each other before the show. After a sweep of the higher-end taverns and all the areas where the nobles socialized with each other, I noticed the royal latrine. It was the same tent I had collided with on the first go-around in this wife. I saw Grimwalt dance around suspiciously and enter the lavatory. Seconds later, one of the knights in competition also went inside. I guessed I would be guarding the outhouse that day. I walked up to the door and parked myself as the guard would, listening to the conversation without anyone noticing. Why do we have to meet in here? The knight said. The smell is awful. No one will overhear us in here, Grimwalt snarled. The guard is also a drunkard. A flask was all it took for him to abandon his post. <laughs> well, the smell is terrible. Just terrible. Man up, boy. You're Sir Kay Grimwalt, so act like a Grimwalt. Can't we just poison them before the tournament? Then I won't have to be here. Stupid boy, I heard Grimwalt smack his son aside the head. Even though his son sounded like a whiny brat, I empathized with him. Abusive father sucked ass. Grimalt continued, The poison is a slow acting. It will make them weak so that you could finish them off in battle. That way it will count as a win. But there is a problem. Bigger than this wretched smell, it will get in my clothes and I'll never get it out. I was losing empathy for Grimalt Jr. by the minute. Will you stop complaining about the smell already? Grimalt bellowed and then lowered his voice after a long pause. Sir Gawain drank his drought early and may die before the battle. Why would he do a thing like that? You told him the drought would give him victory in battle. Well, he interpreted it to mean bedroom, and he always hikes a lady before the joust. Do you think it works in the bedroom? It's poison, boy! It's meant to kill you! Now I've arranged it so that you won't be fighting Gawain. But father, he'll be an easy target. Not if he drops dead before you stick your sword in him. The princess invited a commoner to the tournament, and I've arranged for him to be in your slot so that he will be fighting Gawain instead. But that means I'll be fighting Lancelot. He's a killing machine. Let me worry about Lancelot. The plan is the same. The targets are a little different, but you should be ready. I heard Grimalt walks towards the entrance. I realized that if he knew I overheard... I walked away from the opening. I heard Grimwalt leave the tent, and a few seconds later, I heard him call out to me. Hey, you there! I didn't stop moving, hoping he was talking to somebody else. But then he called again. I'm talking to you, soldier. I stopped on my tracks, but didn't turn around. He trotted up to me and said, I'm in need of your help. I want you to find Sir Lancelot and tell him I have to toast him in the upcoming tournament. I nodded and tried to look at the dirt. He was about to let me go when he grabbed me and turned me to face him. I panicked and kicked him in the balls. However, he had a metal piece down there, and I stubbed my toe. While I was hopping on one foot, he took me down. The rest of 2.2 was the same as the others, 
I got the same shitty armor, Wild Steed, and Gawain died on cue. I tried to convince people that Gawain had been poisoned, but even Gawain had laughed it off. They all thought it was just pre-show jitters. The king didn't even seem too convinced when I revealed Grimwald's grand plan, and even less convinced when the people said I was running around telling Sir Gawain was going to die. I was sent to the dungeon in the end to meet my purification through pain when Stabby came to collect me. I said, I know it's you under that hood. He didn't say a word and brought me to the torture room. He decided in the classic and began attaching me to the rack. I attempted to engage him once more. Look, man, you don't have to do this. I get it now. We have a purpose. I can help you find your purpose. He stopped to consider and then said, what, what's your purpose? To win over the princess, I said. He chuckled and continued to tighten the straps. Hey, man, I said. I know it's lonely being a mortal. You can tell, you know, something someone in one life and they forget it in the next, but it doesn't have to be this way. We're in this together. Why don't we chat next time? Maybe we can meet before you're forced to kill me. <laughs> you're a strange one, prisoner, the hooded man said and began to assemble the crank for the rack. Look, man, I get it. It's your job. You have to do it. You don't kill me and, and Grimwalt throws you in here and... And, but, can, you know, at least we have a conversation the next time you're in this life. Meet me uh, the night before the tournament in, in the woods uh, by the oak tree. I explained to him where to meet me and gave a rust estimate of the time. He continued to turn the crank, stretching my body to unnatural lengths. It was painful, but the rats were worse. It's pretty weird to be familiar enough with torture to develop a rating scale for the pain. Just like every other life, when he had his fill of torture, Stabby removed the hood, and he ended my life with a poke to the brain with the dagger. Alright, so that was more Orion, and we'll be reading more Orion, so uh, things are looking interesting for Orion. And uh, yeah, we have uh, good stuff on the Real Paranormal Activity Network. We have RPA on Mondays, where you hear your stories. You have uh, me on Tuesdays, where I tell you my stories and also talk about movies and then uh we have a uh, terry on uh on uh wednesdays that talks about interesting historical weirdness and then uh the sandman's lullaby on uh thursdays where uh patrick sean jones talks about dreams and then don't forget our cool video stuff all right thank you so much for listening and have a good night <laughs>